Looking at the best things to do in London and beyond? From food to fitness, bars to going out, this is the AT, the About Time Podcast. Hello and welcome to the AT Show. Hi guys. So this week we're talking all things street food. Woo! You've wanted to do this episode for ages. I, I love street food. I, I, love street I won food on the wellness one, so you got the street food episode. I think street food in London is just incredible at the moment. It is really good. We're based in Camden and there's a curb which is just around the corner and it's pretty exciting. Although it has brought in a lot of tourists, like more than before. Which I can't really handle, but street food. Yes. What are we talking about today? So we've got some amazing guests, first of all. Um, we've got Vicky from Vicky's Donuts. We've got Henry from Up In My Grill, um, a really great steak um, and meat. Street food. Yes, street food business. And we've got Lisa from Yumbun. Um, so we'll be chatting to those later, to those, to them later. Um, but for now, we're going to be talking about the latest in street food news, what's happening in the capital. Okay. What is happening, Joel? Right, take it away. So Pop Brixton, a very popular street food venue, um, has got a new vendor called Patari, which is Venezuelan. What do you know about Venezuelan food, Alicia? Um, that I can't pronounce it. <laughs> so arepas, which are these yummy little kind of like uh, Venezuelan pastries, as it were, and they have a nice little filling in them. They are doing signature wrappers at Pop Brixton, including Venezuelan cornbread stuffed with South American fillings. And they've got meat, vegetarian and vegan options. And their signature one um, is El Papillon, a wrapper. I'm glad that you've... Um... I've gone for that one. Yes. They also, which I'm really enjoying, are doing a Venezuelan chip butty. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> we talk about fusion. Basically, I think any kind of chip butty is good news, but Venezuelan chip butty. And it's a fiver, so money Every, well spent. Everyone's winning. Yes, yeah, so they're taking over from uh, Zoe's Ghana Kitchen, mm-hmm. who is launching something completely separate later this year. Um, they've been a hit at Curb, these guys. And, and it's Food ha- as well. Yeah, and if you haven't tried their Venezuelan food... I'd really recommend it. It's also a family-run business, which I really enjoy. Yes. It's always back in the family-run businesses. So yeah, that is at Pop Brixton. Um, oh, other news. Old Spitterfield's Market, which is always fun, has got two new openings, one of which is Monty's Deli, and one of which is a Taiwanese street food company called Giaba. I've, again, I've gone for the unusual names. I'm saving you here, Grimsby. Monty's <laughs> Deli, you. I haven't been to, but you have. I've, I have. So it's a Jewish deli, so obviously I'm backing it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no surprises there. And they're doing things like matzo ball soup, um, lotion, carrot, dill, picklebacks, all that kind of stuff, which is super exciting. The Reuben sandwich, though. like, Is it good? It's so worthy of the hype. It's unbelievable. Really? Yeah. It's a good... It's, it's meat-packed... It's got everything going on. I would really, really recommend it. So what's happening at Old Spitalfields Market at the moment is they've opened the kitchens. So it's a series of kind of small booths that have loads of street food vendors in. Mm. Um, and if you haven't been down there, again, some... some so they're, people get they're to try out magic. different vendors, basically. Yeah, they're okay. whipping up magic in there. Um, Do you know what lotion pudding is, Alicia? Lotion? It's a like, test of your juniors. Um, is it a bit like babka? No, Bab- but it was a good guess. Basically, lokshan is like the Yiddish word for noodles. So when you get a chicken matzo ball soup, you can get lokshan in it, where you get noodles in it. So it's like sweet noodles in like a cake. You know, you're not, that's you pulling your face. It's actually very delicious. You have to try it. Really? Yeah. It's like but what do they noodles. serve it with? Like a, like, is it, do you? It's basically just like really sweet carbs. If you imagine like you have rice pudding. It's sort of like I love no- rice pudding. Kind of like noodle pudding. Okay. I'm not selling it, but it's very tasty. And picklebacks is where you have bourbon followed by pickle juice. Second Why chaser. not? Why not? Exactly. Anyway, I'm very excited about Monty's Deli. Go Monty's Deli. Yes. Cool. I, they're great. They're great. Um, and Spicebox. Um, Who we had on the show. Yes. Season one. Plant-powered curries. Um, they've gone through a completely new rebrand. And they are actually opening a naan bar later mm. this year. No date's been... Um, set yet but you can kind of choose your own naan dairy free 
um, and then follow uh, it up with loads of toppings. So you can get jackfruit tikka uh, with tofu raita, flaked almonds, fresh coriander and lime. Um, there's a smoky aubergine number with fresh green chilies, coriander and red onion. And something else I can't pronounce <laughs> is probably going see it's red onion and coriander chutney. It's got some chickpeas involved. Yeah, it's got it. some chickpeas. That sounds so good. So it's basically like a really fun vegan version of a sandwich bar, but it's just naans. It's just naans. That's a fun thing about street food, though. They take something I think that a lot of people know. So whether it's like a pie yeah. or it's like steak and chips, and street food allows that freedom to get a bit creative with it and to do something a bit different. Because if you're going to a street food market for lunch, you don't want what you can find in prep. Agreed. Agreed. Would you, would you want a naan for lunch? I do like a naan. I do like a naan. <laughs> the way you say it just makes it sound so much better. Oh, naan. Um, okay, so say that you were going to open a street food store. Mm-hmm. What would you go for? Oh, God. Well, it would obviously have to be something Jewish, wouldn't it? I'm like the most Jewish person in the world. I think it would... I, do you know what I'd do? F- fucking massive matzo balls. Like... <laughs> Matzo balls. Can you eat them without a broth, though? No, you need a broth. So maybe my USP, my USPA, would be that you just make, like, different broths. Chicken broth, beef broth. Because broth, very trendy. Gut health. It's a Jewish gut health street food store. <laughs> Mushroom broth. And then, oh, I know, I could also do different flavoured matzo balls. So, like, a paprika one. Oh, mm. I like it. But really big. Because this place I went to in New York, the matzo ball. I saw so, the picture. It was such a big matzo ball. So how they did it was they served you a bowl with a matzo ball in it. And then they poured the soup over it. Because otherwise, like, the ball was so big, it would have just, like, floated out. <laughs> um, but it was great. I'm going to do that. Matzo ball soup pop okay. up. Okay. What would you do? I'm torn. Something it's... meat, obviously. Yeah, but what's really simple? <laughs> but It's like you can't mess up. Yeah. Um... Do, you know, no, do you know what I'd do? Yeah. Butties. Okay. So, like, just like loads of, what, like bacon? Bacon butties, sausage butties, egg butties, bacon and egg butties, sausage and egg butties. You could butties. call it, you could call it nothing but ellipses. If anyone would like to, I'm going <laughs> to put a Kickstarter page on my Facebook tonight. Um, who but what are you going to do for the vegan people, though, with butties? It's not very trendy. Um, or you could do one co- the- coconut bacon. <gasps> I went bacon. The, oh, bacon. I went somewhere the other day and they're like, Do you want a side of bacon? And I was like, I thought this was a vegan restaurant. They're like, it's coconut bacon. I was like, get it out. <laughs> get, stop. 2018. Okay, if you'd like to fund our ventures, please, we'd like that. Um, pancake Day coming up, and Camden Market has got some cool pancake offerings, which we thought we would mention. Um, there's a stand called Oso Coconuts, and it's 100 percent vegan, gluten-free, and refined sugar-free. And they make special pancakes made out of coconut water. Fun. Ooh. Yeah, so they've got one called Berry Mad, which is with berries and signature coconut salted caramel sauce. And they also have a cocoa powder one with peanut butter, cacao nibs and chocolate sauce. So yeah, that's fun. If you want to have some some vegan pancakes for Pancake Day. And if you don't want vegan ones, they have other ones. So for example, they have a new Brittany French delicious pancake stall that's doing more traditional pancakes and they've just launched in time for pancake day so they're doing things like classic ones butter and sugar or indulgent banana homemade chocolate sauce or homemade salted butter caramel and then they've Oof. got some posh ones with grand marnier that sounds delicious i queued 45 minutes in the rain yesterday for a hampstead crepe and i'm not even sorry about <laughs> it it was so good but the problem is is that the queue was so long that by the time i got to the front we got three between us because I just waited too long. So yeah. got one savoury, one sweet. I've never been. Oh my God, you have to go. Listeners, you have to go to Hampstead Crepes. It's like the best thing in the world. Okay, it's because they, it. so, they put an inspiring amount of butter on it, on the outside, which just makes all the difference. Inspirational amounts of butter. I'm a, I'm a crepe newbie, mm. Hampstead Crepery newbie. Yeah. What, what should I go for? <sighs> well, basically, I feel like my soul says dark chocolate and banana the trick is oh no you don't like dark so you can have milk chocolate and banana oh but the trick is what they do is they put the banana like on the griddle while the pancake's cooking and honestly i think that's what makes all the difference that's naughty my mouth is like getting all salivary because because the banana gets a bit caramelized and like a little bit salty from the butter yeah that's that's amazing but i had a cheddar cheese one with mushroom as well (laughs) oh i like a set do you know i like a savory pancake and they're like but they're piping hot and on a cold day they're just what you want (sighs) stop it I'm so into this. Um, a big opening, a street food opening um, in West London. Mm. I feel like this is a place that West London needs. Yeah, West London does not have a lot of street food <laughs> offering, does it? Um, it's opening actually on Valentine's Day. It's a Feast Canteen. They're essentially reinventing the, fe- the, the canteen 
concept. Yeah, they're calling it a canteen for the modern age. I tried not to say that too sneeringly. <laughs> I didn't hide it very well, did I? It's a bit like, you know, when you go to um, a shopping centre, mm. let's say like Westfield, it's a bit like a food court, but better. Okay, it's like sexier. Yeah, um, and they've got some really great people. Uh, made of dough are there with their pizzas. If you haven't tried Made of Dough's pizzas, you are missing out on some absolutely delicious slices. Yeah. I tried them um, at Pop Brixton. They've now got a permanent site in Peckham. They do this most unbelievable basil pesto. That'd really, really great. Um, but also you've got the likes of Bredo's Tacos there. Um, you've got Salvation Noodles, making authentic Vietnamese noodles. Wow. So West London is getting a proper street food centre. Yeah. Do you think this was a whole load of like posh guys in suits thinking like, oh, street food's really popular, let's open something in West London? Probably, yeah. I've also just scanned on the page and I can see... The quote is from someone who owns Schroeder UK Real Estate Fund. So I've called that right. <laughs> <laughs> Development specialist behind the venture. Anyway. They'd probably go to Zoom on a Monday night. <laughs> They're like, ooh, street food. Um, anyway, Feast Canteen, check it out. Let us know what you think. Um, yeah, that's in Hammersmith. And speaking of Valentine's Day, if you want to do something special in London, Alicia, what street food happenings are occurring? It's a dairy one. It's a dairy one. Cheese, I'm talking about cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, so Curb in Camden, uh, last year they opened Curb Counter, which is their first kind of indoor kind of seating area. Um, and they've teamed up with the Cheese Wheel. If you've never been to the Cheese Wheel, they make pasta and then they... Put it in the cheese. Oh my it, God. No, it's huge, Giles. Like, it's ginormous Cheese Wheel. Um, so they're doing like a three-course meal with arancini mozzarella balls. And then for your main course, you pick your pasta, they put it in the wheel, give it a stir, and then you can top it with like sun-dried tomatoes. Oh my God, that is actually one of the most romantic things I've ever heard. It's six, six quid for two, for Ooh, two tickets. It's quite expensive. Oh, for two? Yeah. Okay. You're not allowed to go as a single person. <laughs> there are only two tickets only. <laughs> It's like I went to Sandals and they were like, we don't do single bedrooms. You have to go to Sandals as a couple. Anyway, if you've got a date, grab your date, get some cheese with Curb. On 14th and the 15th of February, that's on. Go to the Curb website to grab your tickets. That's quite funny because it's like, if you thought it was too much to go on the 14th, it's all right, it's on at the 15th. That's not, is that romantic? <laughs> day after, take your mum. I feel like the day after is more like those people that are kind of in a relationship, but like it's very new. Yeah, like we want to sure. say Valentine's Day, but we don't want to celebrate it on the 14th of February. Me and you are going out for dinner on the 15th, so what does that mean? <laughs> if, Alicia, if people were new to the London food scene and they wanted to try some great street food, where are your favourite places to go? Okay. If you like fried chicken, I love fried chicken. I, the crispy skin just the juicy tender meat i came across other side fried and they are i would go so far to say as the kings of fried chicken Mm, where where did you find them so they were originally at curb camden um they've now got i think they're back at curb somewhere but they also got a site at pop brixton um and they sell just the most outrageous but decadent fried chicken burgers and there's this one that I tried, and it's the honey butter burger. Ooh. And it's a thing of beauty. What it is, is a fried chicken piece slathered in this honey butter with bacon, lettuce, and pickles. Oh my God, it sounds delicious. It sounds a bit like a half stack in a bun. It, it, I mean, it is. <laughs> it really is. But it's so good. And they do these fries as well, topped with cheese. And they do this Parmesan one. If you like chicken, I would go there. Other side fried. Okay. Yes. Um, st- sticking on the meat again. No surprises here. <laughs> like, that's just a common theme of my life. Um, so Lagom, um, they're over in Dinorama um, in Shoreditch. I tried them last year and I haven't got them out of my head. Really? Yeah. What kind of food is it? So it's kind of like live fire cooking uh, inspired by you know scandinavian just a medley just a medley insert buzzwords here yeah i'm just fusion concepts Mm. um they're actually at winterville down in clapham in december and they did the most 
just this great turkey Christmas burger. Um, but if you're going to go for anything, mm-hmm. go for the pork bun. So it's a, it's a bap and they stuff it with this cold roasted pork shoulder. It's got fennel slaw, sour apple, a little bit of barbecue, kind of marinade. I mean, it's not appealing to my veggie side, but it sounds utterly delicious. No, it's so good. I mean, the thing with these street food places is there's so much choice. Mm. And you kind of feel like you're going to miss out if you go for, like, one trader or... You don't really know what to pick. If you go to Dinorama, you have to pick these guys. Yeah. Also, they're the friendliest bunch. Yeah. You know, I like a, I like a conversation <laughs> with my pork bun. <laughs> you like a natter. I like a natter. Um, my third one... Mm. Bebek Brothers. Okay, what do they do? Like a kebab, but not. Like gourmet kebabs. Posh, like, I'm not talking like, I'm not talking like Donner, though. You know, I'm not talking like that. It's like kofters. And I like it because every single kebab on the menu is like a pun. Yeah, I've noticed they've got one called Nigel Fromage. Yes. Which is just great. No, no. So that's... No, I like it. So that there with halloumi, garlic, that's with good... But like, what does halloumi have to do with... The man himself. No, it's because they have one called Kim Kofdashian, which which is my favourite. That's because great. it has lamb kofta, garlic yogurt, smoky relish, pickled onions. They were again. They were they were at Winterville. Mm. I have to tell this story. Um, I was on a ride, and um, my mate was like, "Oh, just I really want to go have some food." And I was like, "Can you go to Bebek Brothers for me? Get a you know a wrap?" He was like, "Yeah, yeah, sure." Went on this ride, so those spinny things, mm. ran, and he was there, and he was like just like hunched over the side, like I've never like his tongue like out, and the guy that was working at Bebek Brothers was like, oh love, he's had too much anacona sauce. He'd basically doused this kebab in like the hottest hot sauce oh, in the no. world, and was just downing pints of water. It was hilarious. Just gone hard just on the limits. Just know your limits. But yeah, th- so those are my picks of street food. You've got other side fried for chicken, lagam for meaty barbecue greatness, and Bebek Brothers for posh kebabs. Amazing. Thanks, Lissia. Coming up next, we've got some great street food guests who are going to be talking to us about the process of setting up a street food business. This is the AT, the About Time podcast. And now, a word from our sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by Book a Table by Michelin. Like us, they think we should all get out more and make the most of London. Whether it's vegan, vegetarian or something truly indulgent, they're our go-to source for restaurant recommendations. In fact, if you're in need of some inspiration, tweet at Book a Table and along with their helpful followers, we'll send some ideas your way. Thankfully, they've also got an eye for a bargain, so you may soon find yourself living the high life at a Michelin-starred restaurant, or even tucking into a vegan lemon drizzle cake and fruit scones at an afternoon tea in Knightsbridge. We'll be sharing some of Booker Table's top tips for vegan afternoon teas, so watch this space. Hi guys, welcome back to the AT Show. As this is our street food episode this week, we've got some amazing street food guests with us. So Vicky from Vicky's Donuts and Henry from Up and My Grill, who are going to be telling us about their business. Uh, businesses in London. So Vicky, first off, tell us about Vicky's Donuts. So we make handmade donuts in Dolson in East London and we sell at certain markets around London um, and we're with Curb, the street food collective. And what's, what's special about Vicky's Donuts? Like, what can people expect? So I always try to make them as Instagrammable as possible and um, I get a bit worried that they look um, better than they taste so I always make sure that they taste I think that's a pretty flawless (laughs) (laughs) and yeah we try try to do kind of like weird well not weird flavours but I guess like we kind of try to mix it up with flavours as well sort of unusual flavours yeah what's your new flavour at the moment I just invented like a Dolce de Leche Biscoff one the other day I'm liking it yeah, it. it's it's pretty incredible. Very nice. Um, not one to like blow my own trumpet or anything, but um, <laughs> well, that's kind of why you the show, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you didn't, it would be quite a boring show. That's what Instagram's <laughs> mainly about, really. Isn't it? What's the most popular flavour? Um, you know what? Really surprisingly, we do one that's called the Homer, and it's just like this pink raspberry sprinkle ring donut. <laughs> People go crazy for it, yeah. and we get a lot of foodies turning up to our stall, and they'll get like one of of each of the flavors they'll always come back and they'll be like didn't expect it but that's my favorite like give me six more just classic yeah it's um it always really surprises me yeah 
Is it filled with anything or just a, just a ring? It's just a ring donut with raspberry icing and sprinkles. It's yeah. a classic. Very nostalgic. It is, yeah. It's a classic. When I was at university, I used to buy a pack of donuts and then put them in the microwave. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for like 10 seconds. Were they the ones were they from Greg's? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you know, like five for a quid. Mm. The jam ones. Obviously, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I used to buy a tub of Neapolitan ice cream. <laughs> and used to eat them together. How times have changed, Grimshaw. Now yeah, most nights she's at Nobu, you know, <laughs> dining. Just never forget my roots. Um, you've got a book coming out. Yeah, and we like to talk about it. Yeah, okay, we are. Okay, okay, yeah, good. I didn't know if it was like under embargo. Look, finally, I couldn't talk about it for about six months, and it was driving me crazy. Um, is it yeah. a very Instagrammable book? <laughs> it is. In fact, I should have brought it with me tonight to show you guys. Um, yeah, it is is very Instagrammable. My idea of it was to put Instagram into your printed pages. Um, uh, yeah, shooting the pictures for it was really fun. It's even square sized, like the Instagram Amazing. grid. <laughs> oh my god, that's so great! And is in the book is it just donut recipes or other sweet treats? So yeah, so it's all donut recipes. But there's recipes for savoury donuts. So there's like an eggs Benedict donut in there. There's also Ooh. recipes. <laughs> yeah. The egg in it's the pretty, yeah in the so donut before you. Oh my, oh so my all, God. Of, all of the donuts that we make, <laughs> <That's> they're, <laughs> that they're all um, yeasted dough. And so for the eggs Benedict donut, we use the same dough that we'd use for the sweet donuts. It's essentially just a brioche that's deep fried. But before you deep fry the dough, you make this little parcel. So you like you roll the dough like super thin. You put inside some ham and like a poached egg, and yeah, you fold it up into like a little parcel and then deep fry it. And, oh my god! Yeah, it sounds pretty really amazing. Yeah, level, yeah. <laughs> can, can I just say for the base of the donut, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm an avid chef, but yeah. it's making a donut quite an easy sort of thing to do can Alicia do it basically yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is so I think as long as you follow the instructions like you should with any form of baking because it's all a science it's all chemistry then it's pretty easy the only thing that I think kind of might draw people back from trying it themselves at home is that it takes quite a while to do so from start to finish so we do workshops in our kitchen from start to finish it's four hours Ooh. Because you've got to you've got to wait for the dough to rise. Like kneading the dough properly takes a while. So you've got to um, have patience with the donut. You do have to have patience, mm. yeah. But anyone can do it. It's and super easy. You don't need a fryer, actually. You you just, do you? I don't, don't know. You don't need one. So, I'm a no, you donut don't. newbie. So um, you can you can fry them like just in like a pan, oh. as long as you've got like some kind of thermometer, like a candy thermometer. Be, or but something. they have to be fried. They're not like you can't bake them. You surely. Can, or you can bake them. <laughs> surely not. You can yeah, bake a donut. you can bake them as well. I mean, so when I was doing the recipe testing, my housemate actually preferred the baked ones. They go so that they come out different so you don't get like you know the cute little rubber ring that you get on a donut yeah. when it's been like fried because the dough is like it's too light to kind of be like submerged by the oil and then you have to flip you, it around you're just oil. like you're, uh, you're speaking donut language that we do understand I think because I'm around it all the time but when you bake them you don't get that and they they go chewier and more like um, a bagel yeah much more, more like, like a, a sweet bagel, bagel. I like the ones that you get in the, um, you know, on the seafront when they just... Oh, yes, the cake the best. ones, they are so And then good. they put them in the bag and then they put loads of sugar loads on them and then sugar, shake it. Yeah. Oh, five, I five, love five, them. <laughs> you love a bargain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where have you gone? <laughs> All of your donuts are four yeah. for a quid. Yeah. Don't, don't come over to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love a cheap donut, but I'm, I will be willing to pay for... Do you have any? Do you have any like peanut butter related ones? We do, yeah. So we do a peanut butter cream and chocolate one called the Reese's. That's probably my favourite one. Can I just say, Jill Snout was like, I really hope Vicky brings donuts. Oh no! I was in. I was fine. It's just we seem to. No one ever brings us treats. Every week. It's in my bag, obviously. You know. And if you want to find out more about the donuts or to taste them, where can they? Where can they get their hands on them? So at the moment, we're just doing online orders while the book is coming out because there's a lot of promo to do for it but in the summertime we'll be at more markets um and we'll be trading with curb as well and we're planning on doing a few festivals too amazing well, i can't wait to 
actually eat some soon. Yeah. Good to get some. Sold this. <laughs> <laughs> and in non-sweet related things, Up in My Grill, Henry, tell us about it. Hello. Um, so I run a business called Up in My Grill. It is predominantly meat-based. Um, no sweet, lovely stuff like you, but uh, we do steak and chips. So it's steak and chips on charcoal, wood, and um, yeah, we like to keep things simple, have amazing suppliers, and um, yeah, it's basically all about the meat, really. So why steak? Well, it's I mean, like, who, I love steak. Like, I love it, steak. It's like the ultimate, ultimate sort of dish, isn't it? Really, it's like a everyone loves a steak. Maybe not the vegans, but, you know. <laughs> I did try for January, actually. No. Oh, Lasted 20 days. <laughs> That's amazing. How dare you? Thank you. Really I got good. the flu oh. and I really needed some chicken soup. Uh, that, that's fair enough. Not, not a steak, no? No, I, just, I couldn't get it on delivery. I don't trust steak on delivery. <laughs> no, that does not work. It doesn't it travel well. doesn't work. So um, what, what's special about the steak? So you use really good quality meat. Where, where do you supply from? Um, so we get our meat from uh, a guy called Charles Ashbridge in Yorkshire. Oh, Charles. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a good guy. He's a, um, he's a farmer. So basically he, he, he gets his meat from several different farms in, uh, in Yorkshire. So it's, um, it's really good meat. And he's a very nice guy as well. So it makes doing business with him a lot, lot nicer than... Most business, most sort of meat business. So, what made you open a street food business? <laughs> I, I don't. I actually don't know. I mean, <laughs> I think had I probably known like the journey to get here, I probably would have said maybe you know do something easier. <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> less physically demanding. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was. It was basically. I started it straight out of uni, so I was like. I could go and sit behind a desk or I could run something for myself and try to create something a bit, you know, a bit of fun and actually have that sort of freedom of actually feeling like you're kind of making something new and and making a bit of a difference by using, you know, amazing meat. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that was, that was the main reason. And before um, Up My Grill, what were you working on? Was this the first venture or you were trying out different street food concepts? Yeah, that was, yeah, was like straight, straight from uni. So it was, um, it, was a, it was like a perfect time because it meant I could, you know, kind of stay at home and not have to worry so much about like paying bills and all sorts of stuff. But um, yeah, I, we, we've done loads of other stuff. We've done um, burgers with Slider Bar. Um, which went down really well last uh, National Burger Day we did, which we did kind of, we were grinding the meat ourselves and getting some amazing um, beef from like one whole whole side of side of cow. So it was kind of trying to trying to look at that whole sustainable thing where we're, where we're buying just one whole cow, using it all for, for burgers and, and steaks as well. So I really enjoy how like anti plant-based eating the concept <laughs> yeah. is like in the time when everyone is spiralizing like all the vegetables it's actually i quite like it yeah. i feel like these kind of i'm not saying veganism is a trend <laughs> but things come and go and i feel like steak is yeah i think it's going on the menu for a long hopefully, time yeah hopefully that's that's why we chose steak i think it's um it's 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 that's something it's something that's so like so like primal to us i think and that's what we love about yeah. it it's kind of like it's not we're not messing around throwing sauces over it or marinating it it's just cooking it over fire and wood and and using those flavors just with salt and chips oh i really want a steak right now (laughs) (laughs) do people come and be like i I want it well done some do and and you're just crying do you you refuse them no 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 i think like i think i'm beyond i think i think there's a lot of like you go to quite a few restaurants and they will refuse you to like choose how you want it cooked i think it's sort of beyond that i think do you have a conversation you've, i think you've him? got that like it's yeah trying to educate but it's also like i think people just some people are just scared of of any kind of blood it's like it's not really it's not like any kind of pink in it and you're like oh come on it's like totally ruined right. do you try and Chain, we do, chain. yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. that's good. You no, know, give them, give them, give them different bits, and then try and educate and then, their palates. Yeah. <laughs> we, I think the best thing is you just like just try that. If it's if you really don't like it, then we'll cook it some more. But yeah, yeah. Sure. I think that's it. Try, oh, I might do that. Then I'll get two steaks. <laughs> <laughs> well, <we're, laughs> 
We'll give you so one, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. You can have I two steaks when you come to, come to us, don't worry. Um, what advice would you give to someone who's maybe looking to open a street food business? Oh, other than don't, you're not allowed to say uh, yeah. that. Yeah, um, I, would, I would say try your best to just speak to people. So yeah. go to markets and like actually work out how many how many customers they're selling to like trying trying to actually work out like the best spots just the basics of of like of setting up as well it's like we like we spent so much money on like one gazebo that was like we got it all printed and got custom stuff and and like it costs so much money and like looking back now it's like I just should have, should have got just like a black gazebo or something yeah. like just just get in a market and get like selling get going, yeah. and, and get doing it rather than actually like wasting your time like on all these things that seem so important and it's like just get going and doing it and trying your product what's uh, yeah. what's the hardest thing about setting up a business of this kind like what kind of things do you find there's so hurdles? much to think about so so with street food in particular you have things like all of the forms that you have to fill in so there's so many forms there's health and safety forms there's risk assessments there's fire assessments you have to if you're going to trade with a decent market you need to put together like a proposal to them and to tell them exactly like why you should be allowed to trade with them you need to have I'd I'd say quite a good social media following so that you're attractive Mm. to them um yeah, there's there's the branding to think of. There's staff to think of. You've got to make sure that you have enough staff. You've got to make sure that they're trained properly. Um, you've got to think about the steps of service. So, like when you look at gazebo, um, if you were trading, <laughs> like, all, topic. Of the, <laughs> <laughs> all of the stuff that's going on in that gazebo, I don't think people have, like really noticed because why would they? Like they're probably not that interested. But it's amazing. Like people have got it down. And I think it all comes down to practice. Like the best people, mm-hmm. or getting at stuff foods. on wheels. That's the <laughs> other thing. Yeah, I remember going going to market, and they just saw the. We'd been like lugging everything out, and like everything we'd we thought we were so clever could be packed it all in so tightly into the van, and then these guys just roll their whole thing out and just <laughs> yeah. ready to go, and you're like, that's just. The so, way to do that's it, so isn't smart. it? Like, that, that is so it's smart. It's so funny, like all these forms, and everything. And you're like, I just want to sell donuts. Like, yeah. It, what kind of risk is involved in eating a donut? Like a choke on it. <sighs> they could have an allergy. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> allergies. <laughs> allergies are terrifying, though. Aren't they? Yeah, like, allergies are a big one now. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's there's things like you have to. So but we've we also to... a steak. Like, yeah, yeah. let's have a meat allergy. Yeah. The, no, well, <laughs> I haven't met them yet. They're all lying. These okay. vegans, they're not allergic. <laughs> yeah. I'm allergic to cows. Yeah. <laughs> um, if people want to try some steak, where can they find your food? They can find us at Hog House in Canada Water. Um, or at many private events if they want to book us. Cool. Do people book you for a wedding? <laughs> yeah, we yeah like we love a wedding. They're great. I think that's, that's a great person yeah. that books, you know, everyone's yeah. a bit pissed. Yeah. We do, we do other really things for wedding as well, but... Um, yeah, yeah, not just steak. Yeah. 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 christenings. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry. Everyone has to eat steak. That's our rule. You book us, everyone has to say. No. So, website, if they want to uh, yeah, book you. Upmygrill.co.uk. Cool. Amazing. And, uh, Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. This is the AT, the About Time podcast. And here's this week's News in Brief. Following on from the success of their sellout junk food supper club in 2017, Three Girls Cook are back at Brother Marcus for round two, this time with a Valentine's Day special on the day itself. The trio of MasterChef finalists, Alison, Giovanna and Lorna, are hosting a night especially for those who prefer fries over guys. So it's a gals night. So uh, they're serving a romantic menu for two, brimming with aphrodisiacs. The girls will instead be dishing up a sharing feast fit for queens and uh, turning the so-called term of endearment chicks well and truly on its head. Each course uses the humble chicken as inspiration. Um, So that's taking place on Valentine's Day. 
Also, on the first day of Vietnamese New Year, Friday the 16th of February, Pho are giving away special red envelopes at random in all of their restaurants with gifts inside, including complimentary meals, free balls of Pho for next time, and some lucky people will even get their hands on one of their mythical VIP cards, which is 50% off all food all year. And plugging our own event... (laughs) Next, um, on the 15th of February, head down to Work Life Camden as About Time magazine, that's us, um, are hosting a special event as part of our About Tomorrow festival. It's how to debunk health myths with an all-female panel. We've got some amazing speakers. We've got Rihanna Lambert. We've got uh, Alice Leving. We've got Kimberly Wilson. We've got Kat Mefan, Annie Clark. It's going to be great. And I would say go to, to our website to pick up a ticket they're 15 quid that's a steal uh and that's this week's news in brief we're joined by lisa from yum bun hello i nearly <laughs> said bum i know you know why because <laughs> earlier i said i was scared i was gonna do it so i made you do the intro yeah, and you, you actually almost did it <laughs> thank you yum bun yum bun okay so tell us a little bit about yum bun <laughs> Stuff that I'm really conscious now. Um, It's been almost eight years now, so we're kind of one of the early street food companies. Well, actually, that's total nonsense. Actually, I'll start again. That's bollocks because actually, it's been street food for thousands of years. (laughs) But do you not think that the eight years in London street food times is long? Yeah, but do you not think in London, like the past couple of years, the landscape of street food has just changed massively? Yeah, Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's really every year feels quite different and there are lots of new faces and um well not just new faces but new venues opening new markets opening um yeah i think the style of it's slightly changing as well it used to be a bit more kind of mobile and it feels like now they're a lot more kind of um fixed fixed markets um less yeah. less um but I, I i don't know likewise across the country when you go to festivals and things i think the food offering is completely transformed so i think all across the board i think we're kind of getting used to better quality more interesting food um what's the idea behind yum bun um so they're steamed buns which was something i hadn't come across until 2010 and the reason i, I started it was just because i thought they were amazing like po- like fluffy pockets and pretty much you know so many different flavors tasted great in them um and i didn't really know it was a, th- a sort of a thing um my brother had bought me back a cookbook um so yeah i just kind of thought they were a great idea in it and started like that it wasn't like a big business plan it was mm. nothing where did you first try them um i tried i made them myself and i made them for some friends for a dinner party and everyone was raving about them and i was like somebody has to do this that mm. was really where it started um and then yeah god it's sort of this it, it's been quite a lot of ups and downs but the last yeah it's been kind of going for seven years and it's really it's really changed me and it's really changed as a business um how did you how did you first like get it off the ground what i think is amazing about these street food businesses is there's loads of things that i would like to start alicia would like to do a crumpet pop-up we talk about this stuff endlessly <laughs> in the office but we never do anything about it um what like what do you actually do to kind of do your first market you know get people trying your food i think um it's a bit it was, I think Henry mentioned it earlier, it's just getting out there and doing it and it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't need to have thought about every last thing. I think it's just a case of um, getting some basic kit together, um, working on a really simple, clear, tasty idea and, and just trying it out and even just trying it out on some friends. I mean, that's definitely how we started. I mean, the first people who came along to Broadway Schoolyard um, when we started in 2010, we're just like 50 mates on that first day. And then we went back the next week and there were a few more people and the next week, a few more people. I didn't, like I said, I had a really slow start to it all. So I don't know if I'm necessarily representative of a few of some other companies who might have come with a fully formed idea and a plan. Whereas, um, I just think, yeah, I think in case of getting out there and starting, um, and seeing, cause you might end up in a completely different place. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess. I guess that's sort of my main advice, really. Yeah. You're also behind Yumplings. Yeah. That's, that's only been going for a few months. And it's kind of, I don't know if, I, yeah, it's a little sort of side offshoot of Yum Bun. Um, just sort of tasty little dumplings. Uh, I've steamed. had them. Yeah. They're really nice. <laughs> what what flavour Yumplings do you have? I think I had like a medley. Yeah, they kind of... Yeah, There's a have, meaty one. 
Is there a pork one? There's a pork one with yeah. a kind of spicy, well, we call it Shan style, but sort of northern Chinese flavours, um, chilli sauce. And then uh, we have a mushroom one, which is kind of a like, mixture of different mushrooms and it's quite kind of rich with a green oil and toasted nuts. Sounds amazing. And we're just bringing out a chicken one next week, actually, which will be in a, served in a broth, which wow. is kind of a really kind of... Uh, Chickeny, simple, clean flavours, but with some crispy chicken skin on the top. Sounds so good. Our poor producer, I can tell he hasn't had dinner because <laughs> we've been talking about steaks and donuts and dumplings, and I think all our stomachs are rumbling. <laughs> um, there's been a lot of street food vendors that have opened, like bricks and mortar sites. You know, a lot of pe- a lot of people are going permanent. Is that something that is like ever going to happen to Yumba, or do you prefer to be on the street food scene? Well, we right? kind of have, to be honest. We've got a seven-day site in Canary Wharf and a seven-day site in Spitalfields, which are kind of... They're, they're not what you'd call a restaurant because we're within, like, a bigger venue, but yeah. it's a permanent made-out-of-bricks site. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not really... We've kind of always... I've, I've Right from the beginning, I always thought of Yum Bun as kind of a small little outlet, uh, almost like a hole-in-the-wall type yeah venture, and that's where it stayed um we're less mobile but having said that we're, we're definitely we've got a bus that we like to go out and do things in so i kind of i guess for us it's i'm whatever you want to call it i guess we're more or less here to stay i think yeah, <laughs> yeah. in one spot yeah what's what's the most popular steamed bun um, you serve uh it's probably the original one still the pork bun which is Slightly, yeah, it's a slowly roasted pork belly with pork juices. And actually some of the sites we um, serve it with hoisin and, and um, Spitalfields, we serve it with a slightly different sauce. But Sounds great. How many sites are there at the moment? Um, we have four open at the moment, yeah. But we kind of, it goes up a bit up and down depending on the time of year. Yeah. So, so really with the street food business, it's also about managing a team and like getting the right people involved with the company to help you kind of grow it and run it. Yeah, massively. I mean, I wouldn't be... I mean, Jenny's my right-hand woman and she sort of joined Jumbun in 2013 and she looks after all the staff and she's just got such an amazing kind of touch with people. And um, there's a lot of... We have a lot of people who stay with us, but there's obviously a lot of turnover as well. Um, so it's, it's that's a, probably the biggest part of the job now is sort of managing a huge... Well, not huge, but obviously not huge by anyone. Smallish team of people <laughs> and all their needs and timetables and schedules. And it's that's that's a big, big part of running the business mm. um, as well as all the other stuff that you guys mentioned earlier what's yeah. your plans for 2018 anything new on the horizon um so we are opening another street fee site um in woolwich and then we are there's another site on the cards but we haven't quite confirmed that yet but at the moment we're really well we've only just opened spitalfields in september so that's kind of bedding in and we're kind of getting getting going there and we just want to try and try new buns and work out Every, every site's different and work out what's going to work in different different areas and also we've kind of we're, we're hoping to get to a couple of festivals because they're always fun as well with mm-hmm. our bun bus so we'll I love see, that yeah. I love a bun bus <laughs> I feel like festival food has got really good like really tasty there was a time when you could only get a falafel wrap and I no, feel like the, now it's yeah. very posh yeah it's nice it's quite fun I like it. Okay. I want to go. If, if you go into any festivals last night, we'll come. <laughs> it's tricky. It's on the, the bun bus. It's tricky to um, stay on the straight and narrow when you're at a festival trying to serve food, but um, that's that's the hardest thing, <laughs> taking loads of your... Lots of friends suddenly come out of the woodwork and want to work for your bus <laughs> <laughs> for tickets. Um, but yeah. We'll come and be groupies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bunnies. Yeah. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Bunners, Doesn't work. actually. That is what Bunners. Bunners. I want to be a bunner. Yeah. That sounds so fun. <laughs> um, so, website, if anyone wants any more it's, bun related um, news. Yumbun.com. And Twitter, Instagram? Uh, Yumbun. Yes. Instagram is yum underscore bun. Amazing. Thank Thanks you for so coming. much for joining Cheers. us. This is the AT, the About Time podcast. And now is a time when we slate restaurants <laughs> no this is where we're really nice about places we've been to this week Alicia usually goes to a chain and I <laughs> I have to apologise for going for somewhere expensive I have to apologise again I went to Nopi <laughs> oh, I love Nopi god it's expensive I kind of forgot do you know what I've learned I, I loved it obviously because Middle Eastern food it's Ossolengi it's just very delicious but what I did forget about it is like never go when you're hungry because mm. my boyfriend has like the biggest appetite and he was starving and honestly it's just painfully expensive because 
it takes a lot of small plates to make a large man full. And yeah. that's the problem with small plates. Do you, do you want to know how much we spent? It was horrible. Okay, so meal for two, no wine, wine? no one, one cocktail each, and small plates, no dessert. It's actually disgusting. Mm. Go on, take a guess. Sixty pounds. We spent one hundred and thirty pounds between us. I don't even. We didn't even know how it happened. We literally got the bill. And we were like, "Oh, it must be a mistake." And then it wasn't. It was just us because we we had a cocktail and then we just sort of kept ordering plates till we were full because they were delicious. And then it just it just racks up. It's like that's where it gets you. Yeah, it's twelve, fourteen quid a small plate. It's very easy to rack up. We were like, oh no, that's definitely been a mistake on the bill. And we were like, nope, that's just what we ate. But it was really good. So we had burrata with blood orange and coriander seeds. A very nice burrata. Roast aubergine with saffron yogurt and walnuts. The thing is, with Nopi, is they have most of the salads, like most of the small plates, pre-prepared at the front of the restaurant, which is great because the turnover is quick. Like you order and it comes to you, apart from the hot dishes, which take a bit longer. But it does feel a little bit of a cop out. So it's like £9.80 for roast aubergine and saffron yogurt, where they're just getting it from like... Is it a sizable portion though? Uh, like three, four pieces of aubergine. But you know, it's like, it's classic. They put a couple of posh ingredients in like saffron in yogurt. That's an extra three quid. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking big books. My favourite thing we had was the roast and onion squash with tahini. It was so yummy. Tasted you like love tahini. It's a tahini on anything. I've never met anyone that loves tahini more Honestly, than you. Honestly, like on everything. And actually something they do that's amazing there is a blue cheese cheesecake with pickled beetroot. It's very unusual. It's hot. Is that sweet or savoury? I'm so confused. Mm, it's savoury, but it's hot. So it's like an idea of a cheesecake, but it's savoury okay and it's hot it's very tasty but like basically go for, it was it just felt a bit indulgent because it wasn't like a special meal it wasn't like an anniversary or a birthday it was just me and that wandering around soho in the rain really hungry <laughs> so yeah but anyway it was delicious but go if if it's a special occasion yeah. or you're minted or you're not that hungry and you want somewhere trendy to hang out and the loos are quite nice. Well, you're not the one paying, basically. And the loos are very cool. Yes, they are. Or go for breakfast. That's more reasonable. You can't get the shakshuka. Is I'm gonna chime in now. Yeah. Best in London. Yeah, the shakshuka is good and great oh, granola. It's got go for breakfast because you can't get more than one plate at breakfast. Yeah, so. and they, it's it, you. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> anyway, that's what happened this week. What happened to you? Didn't go to a chain <laughs> for once. Yeah, it's quite surprising. Um, so I'm back on the meat. Obviously, I'm going to lose a lot of vegan followers on Instagram now, but uh, it was nice knowing you. Um, I went to Boxcar. Mm-hmm. Um, so Boxcar is just behind Marble Arch Station, big on British meat. So they've got like an on-site butchers. You can do a bu- uh, butchery course mm-hmm. if you are that way inclined. Um, and they have a restaurant and a deli. I haven't had steak in a while, and it was it was bloody magical. Really? Yeah. Because especially after a while. I love how you went vegan. The first thing you do that veganery is over is go to someone that does a butchery course and just have all the steak. What, what kind of steak is it? So for starters, we had the butcher's board. You know, like a medley of meat. Mm. Um, but beautiful. Uh, oh, They did a scotch egg. And it, you cut into that scotch egg and the, and the yolk was just... How do they do that? I oh. always wonder, how do they make it runny in the middle in a scotch egg? Magic? It's wizards. <laughs> Wizardry. Um, it, it came with a pâté. Don't really like the like a pâté consistency. Mm, like it's just, moussey meat is never the one, oh, is it? No, I don't like moussey meat. And they had uh, great pastrami and this pulled beef and unbelievable bread. Yeah. Which I, f- I feel like makes anything. And really. then for Maine? So I had the steak. Um, and you can actually pick uh, your cut from the board. So you can pick between a ribeye, a sirloin, a fillet. And there's different um, weights. So if you if you got, went f- with two people and you wanted to share a steak, they do large sizes as well, like a porterhouse. Um, but I don't really like sharing steak. You, know. you don't like sharing food generally. No, I don't actually. You know when you were like small plates, I was like, Oof. oh god. I know. I like to have one main meal. I do. A little bit. Sometimes. We could. We could never date. We would never. <laughs> Although work. I do like. I do like sushi. Yeah, yeah that's different. Yeah, yeah it's, it's different. <laughs> was it a good steak? So good. Because I like my steak rare, and I get a bit pissy when people overcook my steak. And wasn't nice I, don't, I don't believe in many things in life, Gels, but I do believe that if you ask for your steak to be cooked in the right way... You want it served that way? Yeah. I agree. Is that, yeah. Yeah. Great sides, broccoli, 
cabbage. There is some triple cooked. What chips. kind of price point are we talking? Um, moderate. Yeah, yeah. Moderate-ish. Moderate-ish. Okay. Um, I think when you know when you're going out for steak, you know it's never going to be like a cheap meal, unless you're like meat going to meat. spoons. Yeah. Um, don't ever get a steak and spoons. It's like eating a shoe. <laughs> um, Did you get dessert? Yeah. Did you get more than one dessert? So, um, <laughs> got the sticky toffee pudding. Mm. Was it good? Just great. Really? Just great. There is nothing worse, I think, out of a whole pudding menu of being excited about sticky toffee pudding and it not being good. That's it the was one where really there's, good. There's nowhere to hide. In no. crumble, you can hide with cream. Sticky toffee isn't, like, really moist. And it just came with, like, a, a dollop of clotted cream and that was it and just some caramel sauce. And it was, it was light. It was moist. Where is this fine restaurant? Um, in just two minute walk from uh, Marble Arch Station, just mm-hmm. behind. I would say this, and and this is what I really liked about the restaurant, is that there was four starters, five mains, three desserts. Just nice and a simple. A concise, mm. easy to navigate menu. There is a veggie option of a bean burger. <laughs> oh God, uh, poor veggies. Poor veggies. But if you really like meat and steak and they do great wines and they're really knowledgeable and I don't really like red wine if I'm honest. It may, When I drink it, I just get really tired but they um, recommended this really light um, red wine and it was just superb. Fantastic. Is this a new opening? So it opened last year. Okay. Anyway. And they do a really good brunch. You should try the brunch on Saturday. Does it involve steak? It's probably got a steak it's, it's quite meat heavy. Yeah, it's very meat heavy. You should also try the sausage roll. I love how different the restaurants we've been to every week are. I'm like, I went to Nopi and ate some squash. And you're like, I put on a fucking huge steak. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what really pisses me off is like, whenever it's like Father's Day, it's like, oh, we've got this steak menu. And then when it's Mother's Day, it's like, let's go for like petty fours and yeah. afternoon tea. And I'm like, hey. Actually, do you remember that time we went for breakfast and there was steak as a side? Oh my God. And the guy was like, women never order this. So you had to get the steak as the side. Yeah. You took it down. I was proud of you, Grimshaw. I was proud of you. Thank you. Anyway, this has been our street food episode. Thank you for listening, guys. Thank you for subscribing and commenting and all the rest of it. Um, We're very much enjoying doing this podcast with you. Yeah. If you're listening. If you want to tweet us as well, it's at the underscore AT show. I've been Alicia. And I've been Angelica. And you've been listening to The AT Show. You've been listening to The AT. For more of the best things to do in London and beyond, visit abouttimemagazine.co.uk or follow us at About Time Mag. This has been a Candy Store production for About Time Magazine, hosted by Angelica Malin and Alicia Grimshaw and produced by Van Connor. Spirit Body by Ketzer appears under Creative Commons 3.0. Visit KetzerMusic.com for more, with recording facilities in partnership with Jova London. Head to JovaLondon.com for more information.